Hello Balloon Artist Podcast Nation, Zivi Kivi here and this is season 7, episode 13. I want to say I'm back because I just got back from Float and Twist and Shout. I'll tell you all about my experiences there. But first of all, an interview done in Twist and Shout with a balloon author and a balloon twister that has actually a show that he does in churches with balloons and with storytelling. Let's hear the interview with Dan Bellamy. Take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artists Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi, Season 7, and we're at Episode 13, live from Twist and Shout. I'm here with Dan Bellamy from Thomasville, Georgia. Hello, Dan. How are you? Hi, Zivi. Doing great. How are you? I really enjoy being here with you in the jam room. It's quite early, so it's quite quiet right now. And we're sitting here surrounded by balloons from all of the brands and with a big wall of balloons that uh, of people's creations. How are you enjoying your last few days doing float and twist and shout? They are fantastic. I've had such a great time. It's incredible to be able to learn so much around so many of the industry's best. And I am also absolutely exhausted. It's been so cold and losing a little bit of sleep, but losing my voice a little, but it's all well worth it. Well, definitely people have to be really in love with balloons in order to come here to Chicago in like the degrees in this, uh, these days were uh, the same as in Antarctica, literally. And uh, quite like there was a polar vortex, quite, uh, quite an experience, but you got it here. And that says a lot about you. Tell me a little bit about your business. First of all, like just what do you do with balloons? Yeah, my main thing is to travel and speak mostly at churches. And I think Tim McConaughey does something a little bit similar to me, but I didn't know it when I started. I do stories. And a lot of times that involves a lot of advanced sculpting of my balloons. So when I go, if I'm doing, say, at some churches I do a live nativity that takes a lot of advanced prep. At some, I do stories that are a little more tricks that I do, like the climbing side routine, of course, but also some things that I've come up with on my own, some tricks, some illustrations. I really almost speak of myself more as an entertaining speaker than as an entertainer. And how long have you been doing that? I just went this career path a little under two years ago. But one of the main programs that I take on the road, I originally began developing it around 2006. So it's been an occasional, maybe a time a year, maybe once every few years thing for a long time. You use balloons in order to pass them an educational message. And I'm guessing because it's meant for kids. Can you maybe give us an example of one of the stories like or, or what is done in, in like one Example of a routine? Yeah, like I do the story of David and Goliath sometimes in my routine. And one way that I illustrate that story is I make a big sculpture that's an upper torso of Goliath. And I love to bring up a little kid and slide this upper torso over the kid's upper torso so that the smallest kid suddenly becomes the biggest kid in the story. And they're actively 
part of the story as we do that. And then I'm bringing in the other pieces of the routine around them. Someone else gets to be David with a mask over their head. And so all those pieces come together to tell the story. That's cool. It sounds very original. Plus, there's a lot of value in it for the kids. They get entertained and they get to hear a story that is important for them. Can you, if you don't mind, is it like something you do professionally, like the church will pay for this service, right? It is. I was very blessed when I went this direction with my career in that years ago I had contact with an agent. And in the world that I'm in, as far as working with churches, it's the perfect agent for me. He doesn't always understand balloons, but he works with a lot of Christian speakers and entertainers. So he's got magicians, ventriloquists, uh, all sorts of other artists on the docket. And then I was blessed to be this one person that came in doing something completely different. But it's really been a blessing having him to help me connect with these churches because it's a tricky market. I've got to travel all over to do what I do because I, with the amount of prep that goes into my programs, I really couldn't make a living off of it just locally. But it is fun because I like to travel and I get to go all over mostly the United States with it. Well, does that mean that you're doing like one show a Sunday pretty much or more than that? Usually it ends up being just one show, but some churches will bring me in sometimes on Sundays. Sometimes I don't know what all countries it's in, but there's an organization called Upward Sports and sometimes people bring in entertainers for it. And so sometimes people will bring me in for that. Sometimes churches have special summer events, special back to school events. And usually they bring me in for one program or maybe two programs back to back. But occasionally a church will want a speaker for the whole week for like a vacation Bible school. And they'll bring me in and I'll do a series of messages through the week that build on each other and connect. And a lot of times I'll save working in the climb inside balloon for the last day. And so my illustration in that context would be talking about getting outside our bubble and I climb inside the balloon as an illustration of being in our bubble, which also would work in a non-church setting, just talking about how we can get in our cliques and miss other people. So I love finding these illustrations with balloons that help people connect it to some life meaning. Sometimes I take the programs into to schools as well. And in the United States, there are guidelines about what's permissible in school and what's not. And I'm able to adjust my program into a message that's school appropriate and has I like to think value for any of the kids hearing it, just in encouraging them and motivating them. Super cool. And you also wrote a book uh, that has your balloons featured. And the way you created the book is very special. Tell us a little bit about that. I am so excited and so blessed to have been able to do the book. I got the idea around 2002. So at the time, I was still a hobbyist. I was hobbyist for a lot of years. And... At first, I don't know if you've seen the Lego, the Brick Testament, the Lego book. I had seen it and it was something of inspiration for me. I was like, that would be really cool to do book with balloons that way. And at first, I tried to make just a tiny version of it in the church I was attending at the time. And they were little small balloon sculptures closer to what we think of as classic balloon sculptures. And it was neat, but there was no way I could make a book out of it. Then I realized, wait, if I make this location-based, maybe I can do it. 
decor wasn't at the same point then. We didn't have Lincolns. And I certainly, I didn't know any decor until the last few years. And so what I realized is my best strategy to do this would be to take the balloons into real life locations. So that's what I did over the years. The first sculpture that I considered really successful for the book was in 2006. And it was an eagle in Alaska. And I had the the privilege of going there with my parents after I had finished graduate school. And while we were in Alaska, we took just a sightseeing tour that went near a glacier and the wind was blowing off the glacier. And I made this balloon eagle and I attached it fishing line coming off a fishing pole, kind of like a kite. And if you can picture my dad's amazing, but he is a fairly short man and he's got dark, almost leathery skin because he's worked on boats his whole life. And so I've got him standing on the edge of this boat holding a fishing pole with a balloon eagle that was flapping around like a kite while I took pictures. And over the years, that's what I kept doing. When I would have a chance to travel somewhere, I would take balloons with me. And it led to some really funny, interesting, exciting moments and stories. Some of them I've blogged on my website. Some of them I still would like to add blogs that I haven't gotten to yet. But I made a man in Israel and carried him up the Mount of Olives for photos and also did several others in Israel. And Zivi, I know where that's, that's where you live. So I'm sure you would recognize some of those places I went to. And it wasn't the greatest photos, unfortunately, but I wanted to get alligators in the book. So I took the alligators to Everglades Alligator Farm in Florida. And I went out the day before and I said, hey, this is what I'm doing. Could I photograph my balloons here? And one of the trainers actually let me into the alligator area. And he and another trainer went with me to make sure I didn't get eaten. But I went into that training area and actually took a photo of my balloon with the real alligators, which was really incredible. As you might imagine, I was a little nervous. And I got to take a few of my nephews with me on that trip. So they were recording with my action cameras so that we've got a little bit of footage. And and later we went in with a tiny alligator and it actually nipped at my balloon. It didn't get teeth on it, but it actually hit the balloon because he was the curious alligator. So I just, I was able to get so many really interesting photos for the book, but also just the life journey that I was able to go on before the first book. And now I'm working on a a prequel to it, going and doing another book. And just the stories have been so fascinating and exciting in building that. And the challenge of the sculpture has been fun. Definitely an adventure photographing outside. When did you publish the book? I published the book, I want to say three years ago, I finally published it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. Does people have a way to buy the book? How do they get that? Yes, I've got the the first book. It's called The Inflated Story of Noah, and it's up on Amazon, but it's also available at my my website, uh, inflatablestories.com. Now, the advantage on my website is the official price. I think I've got it priced a little bit lower, but of course, Amazon, you get, I don't know how people do the deals they do, but... Uh, it supports me a little more, and I'm able to custom sign people. And and I think I feel like that's the bigger advantage because I love being able to personalize it for people and, you know, share it with them in that way. And that was, you said, your first book. You had a second book. Is that right? That's right. I hope to keep making them. The second one, what I've done is I'm going back and doing a prequel. And while I was transitioning careers to really focus on balloons, 
had the opportunity with a friend to travel through Europe for about a month. And it was one of those just incredible lifelong memories type trips. And we backpacked. We stayed as cheaply as we could in mostly hostels. We got a rail pass to travel Europe. And while we did that, I had a pack that most of the weight, like I barely had any clothes, most of the weight was balloons. And my, in that case, I took my small agenda with me because it was the smallest pump that I could pack that would work well. So we traveled Europe and that story, I'm toying with the title, The Twisted Tale of Adam and Eve. One of my hangups in finishing it is that it doesn't have a very happy ending. So I'm trying to figure that out, but I've gotten some sculptures I'm excited about for that. Pro tip, if you ever need to photograph balloons in a wheat field, find somewhere else to photograph them because that is not a pleasant <laughs> place to try to get photos. I understand you also had an experience in an airplane doing balloons that was like a lifesaver to many people. Tell us all about that. Absolutely. One thing I love about balloons is that we have something so small, and I think that's part of the magic of it, is this tiny thing can suddenly become something large. So I actually carry balloons on my keychain. What I do, and some of you may want to do this as well, the keychains that they sell at the drugstore that have a screw-on lid, they're very secure. I take one of those keychains, I roll the balloon up from the nozzle and back up to the opening, and then I can fit either three or four, depending on the size of the keychain in there. That's to say... I usually have balloons on me, and they're not all rubbed together from being just loose in my pocket. So two times I've had a very similar story happen, and I'll tell you the first one. I was getting ready to get on a plane in Canada, and I was on my way back from speaking at a camp. So I was the, the only one. Nobody else from my team at the camp was there. And while I'm waiting to get on this plane, there's a kid that is in the terminal, and he is just bawling. They're separating him from his mother because she couldn't fly with him, and they're putting him on the plane. He's just terrified, and it was, it was gut-wrenching. It was heartbreaking. But at the time, I'm sitting in the terminal. His mom's still there. All the staff's with him, and there's nothing I can do. But as I get on the plane, he's still crying loudly. And at this moment, you know, of course, there's two emotions. One is the emotion of empathy, sympathy for the child. You feel terrible for him. And also... I've got to be honest, we have that selfish emotion at the time of this is going to be a really long flight because this kid is loud. So as I get to my seat, it happens that the flight attendant was on my flight on the way there. And then she was on my flight on my way back and I had moved seats for her. So we're chatting and I go, hey, do you think it'll be okay if I make a balloon for that child? Because I always try to be careful, especially with a strange kid about, you know, I want to make sure that one, I'm not scaring the kid. Two, I'm not scaring the parents. You know, I need to be worried about the, the context of when and how I approach people. And the flight attendant goes, no, that'll be great. So I go ahead and make just a basic balloon dog. I love my one balloon designs. I love crazy things I can do, but it's so handy to be able to do the single balloon stuff too. And I take this balloon dog up front and I have it when I see the kid and I'm like, hey, do you like balloons? And the kid is still bawling, but shakes his head yes. And I, I give him this balloon dog. And then I'm like, would you like me to make you something else? And of course, I've got like four balloons on me and the kid goes to SpongeBob. And my current skill level, if I had a yellow balloon, maybe I'd try it, but I wasn't ready for it then. So I was like, how about something else? 
and he ended up saying Mario. So I had a design at the time that was single balloon that I felt like I could do a decent Mario for him. So I did that. And by the time I made a few things for him, he had calmed down. And I said, all right, if you'll be strong for me for this flight, then when we get to the other side, I'll make you another balloon animal. Does that sound good? And he's pretty well calmed and he, he shakes his head yes. And he was good. A fun bonus to that story, besides the more important thing, the blessing of being able to bring comfort to a child. When I turned to go back to my seat, I'm not exaggerating, the front of the plane applauded for me. And as I was going to my seat, the flight attendant comes to me and goes, don't go back to your seat. Go sit right here. I'll move your stuff for me. And in a fairly crowded plane, she moved me to an exit row by myself. So it was a really fun day. That's so rewarding to know that you've helped the kid and that uh, people really noticed that uh, and, and understood that it was an important thing for everyone. And the reward came faster. Sometimes karma can be very faster. That's cool. I want to ask you a little bit about how do you study these days? Obviously, you go to conventions and learn there in, in the classes. But tell me a little bit more on the day-to-day -day life. What do you do to work on improving your business or, and your education. Zivi, I want to start by thanking you, actually, because when I changed my focus, for me, it was different when it was a hobby versus when it became a career. And I, I would hope it would be for most people. You become more intentional when it's a career. So when I decided to go this career direction, one of the things I did, I love to study through audio when I travel and such as that. And one of the first things I did was looked for podcasts. And that's when I discovered your podcast. And I became an avid listener. And I've actually, I think I'm a little behind on the current season, but I've listened through all the other seasons. And it really helped me get a feel for the current state of the industry, uh, learn new things, and also learn about new things that maybe I couldn't learn through audio. But you can't learn something if you don't, don't know it exists. This is Evie. Thank you for doing your podcast because it, it's been one of those tools for me. In addition, conferences, obviously I'm here. That's not the day-to-day -day at home part, but there's something incredible about being able to just sharpen each other with other, oh, that's a bad term for balloons, twist each other into better shapes, I guess, <laughs> as we come to conferences and learn. So that's been incredible. I've been able to add decor to the list. I did my CBA last year at World Balloon Convention. And one nice thing about that program is that it set some parameters that I knew I need to learn this because one of the sessions I went to yesterday was saying there's not a standard in our industry which can make it difficult to know what to learn next. So at least in It's a little more decor-oriented, but it, it was some standard skills. And again, some of those things added to what I knew. Also, videos, of course. There are a lot of good videos out there. Some of them are older. Some of them are newer. But one thing about it is you learn techniques. And I find techniques often even more valuable than specific sculptures because I can take techniques. And all of a sudden, when I get an idea, I can put it together because I know the technique. And I'm also on the prowl. Obviously, what I do, I'm not just doing twisting. I don't actually do line work as most, much as many people do. So I'm on the prowl for illustrations as well. So there are some things that I've incorporated that make 
a great illustration that, you know, I just have to learn about the tools and the equipment available. Like when the Q-Boom came out from Qualitex that you can remotely pop a balloon and release them, all the decorators were thinking, oh, this will be great for many balloon drops. And that's true. But what I was thinking as a speaker and entertainer was if I've got a spot to safely rig this from the ceiling, I can set it up and I can make a cool illustration where this balloon suddenly pops and these balloons float to the ground. And as long as I keep the remote somewhat hidden, it's a total shock and surprise to people that gives a really interesting wow moment. So I'm just constantly looking for new tips, new tricks. And one of the hard things about it is there comes a point in studying where you you can't just go to a class and know, oh, I'm going to learn a helpful thing here. You just have to keep going to classes and hoping that nugget that you haven't learned yet is going to be there. Because yes, there's always going to be a new class that you know is something new, but sometimes you don't have access to that class, but you find this other class that you never expected has this one nugget that becomes part of what you do every day and you never quite expected it. I love how you are driven by desire to learn and improve and, and that gives you artistic opportunities. It also gives you opportunities within your performances and sp as a speaker to bring more value to people around you. So I appreciate that and thank you for the compliment about the podcast. We will wrap up, so I just want to give the audience an opportunity, give Balloon Artist Podcast Nation another time, that place where they can check out your book, and then maybe even in the future when you have your second book, then they will be able to know where it is. So tell us again, where can we find you? Yes, inflatablestories.com is my website. Uh, the book that I've finished is The Inflated Story of Noah. And I will probably do a Kickstarter when it comes time for the second one. So I'll try to at least post once on Balloon Twister Central without being that, you know, without posting too much. I'll try to let people know in whatever way I can that it's out there. But inflatablestories.com is, is my main website. That's cool. And I welcome you also to check out the Balloon Artist Facebook group and let us know there when the Kickstarter is on and uh, allow people to support you over there as well. Thank you, Dan Bellamy, so much for sharing with us a little bit of your adventures and your experiences uh, in the balloon world and using balloons to, to help with stories. And it's very inspiring to hear how you did your book and how you traveled the world with balloons. So thanks again, Dan, and see you guys next week in the Balloon Artist Podcast in the last episode of Season 7. Thank you so much, Stevie. I am honored to be here today. I hope you've enjoyed this interview with Dan Bellamy. Being in America for 10 days and visiting Float as a sponsor, so Balloon Artist College was a sponsor of Float, and visiting Twist and Shout as a delegate was an amazing experience. Uh, it just was so important and uh, meaningful that describing it all will just take so long. I've learned a lot about the trends in the industry and about how to improve the way that I present balloons, both in balloon shows, in shows in general, and even in twisting. The instructors in both of the conventions were amazing, but uh, even more than that, the competition pieces uh, were just 
mind-blowing. Sometimes it feels frustrating if you didn't go to a convention that you really wanted to. So I just want you to know that those meetings that I've done in Float and in Twist and Shout, in Twist and Shout will improve by much uh, the content that will be presented in Balloon Artist College. The direction will be affected by the trends and the vault will grow as a result of the meetings there and the overall experience of people that will enjoy the balloon jams and the balloon webinars and the education presented in Balloon Artist College is going to be improved by much. I even dare say uh, that starting this way in this year, learning and listening to you guys and meeting the students of Balloon Artist College and the teachers and the potential teachers as well. All of that was an amazing experience and you will see the results. And all of that sets us, sets us up for a very powerful 2019. I do want you to leave this show with the knowledge about two major trends that you can simply not ignore them. And if you are serious about becoming a balloon boss, uh, which is what we do in Balloon Artist College, then you need to be putting your attention on two things. As a decorator, you can no longer ignore the organics trend. If you're not sure what is organics or why should we consider this or why is it important, you really should know. It's, it's a major trend throughout the entire uh, balloon industry. Uh, it affects the way you do centerpieces. It affects the way you do uh, columns and arches and the way that you look at this art form and it's simply a, a, a huge opportunity for you. If you haven't tried that uh, yet, then uh, you should. And uh, just as an example, we do have uh, in balloonartistcollege.com a course called the Chris Adamo Experience, which is a good way to get used to the idea of organics through a very specific design uh, of a, a hot air balloon. Uh, but the concepts learned in that course applies to any other type of organics, so I highly recommend it. Another thing that is a major trend right now is uh, balloon distortions. Balloon distortions were not invented in uh, 2019 uh, or 2018, uh, but they are becoming so popular. In fact, this trend of balloon distortions, putting one balloon or a few balloons into other balloons, it becomes so trendy and so meaningful that people are able to produce results that are fast, even though they're distorting balloons. And the meanings of this is that the higher-end balloon artists, um, mainly twisters, but not only, will be able to create designs that are wonderful for, for deco purposes mainly, while using uh, this type of, of look. And this means that if you will not do it, your art will look a little bit less uh, accurate and less special. And if you want to impress your customers, you really should try and do some distortions. Luckily for you, we do have the Larger Than Life course in balloonartistcollege.com under the decor category. And that is actually full of explanations about many, many distortions. We're actually adding more videos to it as we speak about distortions. So 
With that said, I hope you've enjoyed Dan Bellamy and see you next week in the last episode of Balloon Artist Podcast Season 7. Bye-bye, guys. Hello Balloon Artist Podcast Nation, Zivi Kivi here and this is Season 7, Episode 13, Chapter 13 and I want to share with you in this tip section uh, some new trends that I noticed that are related to our lives, uh, our lifestyle if I may and it's actually two trends. The first one you may have already noticed, uh, a lot of Balloon Artists these days share their pictures from uh, the results of a diet and eating healthy and even exercising. Um, and that is something that you see influential people uh, sharing those stories. Uh, and by doing that, they, they create accountability for themselves, but they also uh, create an opportunity for the rest of us to be inspired. And personally, I've been uh, heavily involved in drinking a green smoothie every day and putting a lot of attention in my life on what I eat and how I exercise and I feel so much better because of that in terms of my fitness and my maneuverability and this is obviously helpful when striking a balloon job on the setup or on the strike uh, on, on just wrap up of the job uh, it just makes everything easy. The second trend that I uh, started to notice by talking with people is uh, this, the, the, the notion of making profits and not just, you know, uh, getting more jobs done and all sorts of things like that or, or looking at your business at how many gigs you did, but actually looking at the profits that you're making. More and more people are carefully inspecting the results of their job cost forms and understanding uh, what is the profit margin there, uh, something that is actually quite easy to do with the balloon stock app um, that I've developed. And also uh, people don't uh, are not afraid to look at the money and the profits and trying to maximize them. Uh, money is not a dirty word. It's actually quite important. It's the fuel of the car that we're driving, you know, on our way in our lives. And I'm currently reading a book called uh, The Richest Man in Babylon. And in this book, The Richest Man of Babylon, yeah, there are seven cures for a lean purse that are described there. Uh, the first three of them, I, I don't want to ruin the surprise for you, uh, but the first three are for every 10 coins you put into your purse, you need to keep one of them uh, aside. Uh, so basically saving 10% of your profits for your business. Uh, the second the second cure for a lean purse is to invest that one extra coin, those 10% into something that can be used later on to produce more money. And the third cure for Elin Purse is to get an advice about stuff that matters to you by the actual person that is the professional in this field. So for example, if you want to invest in, I don't know, the stock market, then you should get an advice by someone that knows what he's talking about in that field. If you want an advice about uh, how to grow your business, then get a coach that understands, uh, you know, that specific business that you are trying to grow. 
Um, with that said, uh, the KM challenge is going to be launched again in mid-March towards you know April, starting in April. So if you are looking for uh, a coach and a mastermind group, uh, then uh, keep uh, your eyes and your ears uh, on, on Balloon Artist Facebook group and in general, you, you can always contact me for more details. So with that said, Thank you for listening for Balloon Artist Podcast. Next week is the last episode of the season. See you next week, guys.